You're listening to Scratch and Sniff Online with Nick Randall. Last time on Scratch and Sniff. I went through the windscreen and through the plate glass window and it took like nine policemen to get me out. There was a man sitting in there too who I was basically oblivious of. Turned out to be Arthur Mayer from Metro-Golden-Mayer who wanted to offer me a five-year contract with MGM. And John and I had that chemistry on day one. So did Nick and I, Roger, myself. I didn't ever get very pregnant. I looked like I'd had three lagers. So I had the children in 1978. They were slightly um, premature. (laughs) Slightly. (laughs) Sneeze and they were there. And it meant their immune systems completely collapsed. And I was sleeping in the hospital and going on stage at night. It was the most extraordinary Mm. way of living your life. Mm. So I picked up two suitcases, took two children, and I basically started my life all over again So I got to Australia. Well, you know, you suddenly, what the hell am I going to do? (laughs) And now, the conclusion to the Katie Manning story, what Katie did next. So you've made it to Australia, Katie, a single mother of premature twins, um, the climate proving to be conducive to their health, but you effectively have to start your acting career from scratch. Yeah. But once you started to build up your career, I've got it here, you had your own chat show, you wrote a TV series. You wrote a TV series, Private <laughs> Wives, that went out, uh, voiceover work, <laughs> Naked Dalek shoot for Girl Illustrated. <laughs> and apparently you were wearing Derek I Nimmo's did boots. Educating Rita for three years. Yes. I mean, what a wonderful part that is. I was at the Opera House a lot of times. I did, you know, Blythe Spirit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's another story. Me concealed in a grand piano. (laughs) And a Flaccati wig on my head. A grey chiffon frock. Mm. Lifting a piano lid. What a lovely picture. (laughs) For 25 minutes in 40 degrees. (laughs) 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 There's so many stories. And educating Rita, I was in my early 40s when I played her for three years, and I said, the first laugh I get when I say I'm 27, I'm out of (laughs) here. Otherwise, it's educating Rita's granny. But, I mean, you know, you really got that career kick-started, you know, pretty quick to to write your own TV series as well. I mean... Well, you just do things. You you know, have a go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the chat show came out of me being the voice for UK TV. Okay. And I ended up with wonderful people like Simon Pegg and and Edgar Wright, you know, yeah. two of my great heroes. Simon um, Pegg's fantastic. John Plowman, yeah. who reminded me that we'd worked together once and I didn't yes. remember. That was the end Head of, of comedy, my career. Head of comedy, of course, on uh, BBC. Well, John. I actually did a play with him, which I completely oh, forgot. I've done at the King's Head, yes. As he started as an actor, And he said, he? you don't remember, do you? And I'm right. sitting there and you're doing that awful thing of, yes, I do. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, and then, of course, I went, of course, I've just interviewed John Plowman, who was yeah. in, uh, well, how to kill your career in one hit. Yeah. Um, Can no, I just tell you in... something about John Plowman? Yeah, yeah. This is this is your he's interview. Genius but man. Just tell you a little bit. Of thing. I was at a storytelling man. festival where Russell T Davis was doing a big chat about torture and all the rest of it. I was sitting next to John Plowman. I thought, oh my god, because I'd just written a pilot for a for a gay themed <laughs> sitcom. I seized my moment because he dropped a pen. So I picked up the pen and gave him the pen. He said, thank you. He said, oh, you're John Plowman, aren't you? I've just written the pilot for a sitcom. <laughs> Don't you know? And he just turned to me and said, Oh, have you, dear? Yes. I need to pick my moments, and I never seem to. What is never, the moment? But there isn't one. There is no such. Yes. A, you know, I wouldn't have interviewed you if I hadn't grabbed you, know, you, you just, by the. Just got to do it. Yep. Absolutely. And 
he, but he, you know, that's really. So you did. You interview people like Simon Pegg, Cleo Lane, Cleo Lane, Petula Clark, <laughs> everybody from Zed Cars. Did you do Petula Clark in French? Because she can speak French. Yes, she can. Yes. She's lovely. You could have just done it French. I had the most. Uh, Robson Green twice. Yeah, yeah. My love. Basil Brush. Basil. And I said, oh, I, did. I made such a great bar. It was so naughty. I didn't mean to be naughty, but I, but oh, I forget. God. You see, and I'm talking to Basil. And you think he's real? Now, Basil's new daddy at okay. this point Not Mr. Derek. was a huge fan. Oh. So he's lying behind the sofa, and the PR people keep coming up to me saying, you don't realise, we're not talking just a fan. He's a huge fan. Well, he's lying behind the sofa. I'm talking to Basil. Right. right? I forgot that Basil isn't real, because I do that. <laughs> and I'm stroking him, and he was saying, ooh, ooh Miss Katie, you know, and all that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and eventually I said to him, well, you're very lucky I didn't have your babies because I actually used to go out with Derek Foles. <laughs> oh, right. Yes, of course. Not something Mr. you wanted. Mr. Derek. Uh, Mr. Derek. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm only the other. He came to see me in a play. Another. So, well, that's one of the twelve godparents, but that's for later. So you've done directing, writing your own yeah, series. Yeah, directed Shirley Valentine and a huge Australian musical. Wow. About the Eureka Stockade. Yes, I read a bit of that. That's fair stuff. It's on one of my cards. People um, let me loose. Now let's go through some of your other stuff. Uh, you've done some films as well. The Go Kids. You won Best Supporting Actress for the Melbourne Underground Film Festival for When Darkness Falls, and that's quite recent, isn't it? Yes, dear, I was playing one of those women. (laughs) Oh, a lesbian private detective solves a case against the backdrop of 1940s New York. Now, doesn't that sound like Katie Manning? On a perfectly normal day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Run for your wife with David McCallum and Eric Sykes. I just want to fit them all in. All the... Bernard Cribbins. Bernard Cri- I love Bernard Cribbins. I, I think he's a most fantastic yeah. actor and he seems a real sweetie as well. He's a darling. And Yvette on Hello, Hello with the original well, cast. Well, that was because was darling Michelle, um, Vicky Michelle. Did you put some soap on the stairs or something? <laughs> no, 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 because it's not my role, no, please. No. Um, but I had actually worked with Gordon Kay. Uh, on another play, okay. which was um, called something or other. Whoops, um, whoops Vega, my bloomers. Was, <laughs> no, it was actually a bit better than that. Um, it was actually quite a good play. Cool. The, something to do with, the, she was a cook anyway, French cook. Okay. Lots of French Can't roles. remember what it was, but mm. it had been quite successful here and over there. So I'd worked with Gordon before, and uh, Vicky Michelle couldn't come over, so Swadge came and Sue Hodge came over and um, Guy Siner and Gordon said, oh, well, mm. see if you can get Katie Manning. Well, I was doing another play. And I said, well, look, I can't, I can only make a week of rehearsals. Mm. And they said, oh, yeah, you, you'll knock it off and that's fine, you know. Mm. So I said, well, are you sure? Because I really, you know, this is really tight for me. And they said, well, look, you know, we're just going to do like a, an eight-week run or whatever mm. it is up in Brisbane. So I, I literally got in there and everybody was sort of <laughs> ready to go. And I'm like, what do I do? What do I? Mm. And I did my, I put on the dark chestnut curls. I would never have a body like that, darling. <laughs> And uh, there I am in a little satin mini skirt and stockings and suspenders mm. on my hands and knees in the wings, helping yes. Gordon Kay get his slippers on because he'd done his hip in. Oh, right. So there I am. And I had to yank the skirt in. up and I thought, Mark Gold, if my children could see me now, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> So apart from this extraordinary career, which you kickstarted from, you know, just <laughs> getting your getting your kids out there and getting them getting them better, uh, you met Barry Crocker. Drink it up, drink it up. 
Who's awarded the member of the Order of Australian Services of Performance Arts or all that sort of stuff? He's a massive. Goldish, longest running light entertainment yes. show on television. Apparently, I met him twice. I was right. doing a play with Martin Shaw. Oh, I'm Martin such Shaw. a name dropper. No, drop them. Drop, them. Up drop those floor. names. Because I'd worked with Jack Klugman and Tony Randall in The Odd Couple. Did you? Yeah. And then I oh, yes, go got on. this play with Martin Shaw. Right. Which was a very naughty play. And uh, Barry had come to see it. And Barry was so used to it, everybody knows who Barry is. If you're having a bad day, they say, oh, he's having a real Barry Crocker today, mm. which is a shocker. It's actually <laughs> in, the, in the dictionary. You oh, hear really? it on all the football shows <laughs> and everything. Um, and so he was used to people sort of saying, oh, Baz, you know, he's mm. sort of an Australian icon, you know. Right. Um of a theme to neighbours, of course we must add. Absolutely. Everybody needs good neighbours. I remember reading the cartoon strip of Barry McKenzie, but, you know, that was the 70s, darling. There's blurred all sorts of things oh. there. But, you know, and I, and I know he did the film, which I think I see a midnight matinee of, but I don't really fully remember it. Yeah. Anyway, so he wanted to meet me after mm. the show because mm. he liked to do that. Mm. He takes photos all the time. It's one of those. It's like you know, having your own little Andy Warhol mm-hmm. around all the time. Everything mm-hmm. is shot. Anyway, I met him and, and he said, they said, oh, this is Barry Crocker. I said, hi, nice to meet you and left. Then we did a, a telethon together mm-hmm. and I apparently met him then. Right. Did the same thing and disappeared <laughs> on the back of a motorbike. <laughs> and he said, you know, I've never had anybody sort of basically just say, oh, hi, nice to meet you yeah. and go. Yes. Anyway, then I was asked to do this American play called Social Security and they said, and Barry Crocker would be playing your husband. I said, who's Barry Crocker? And everybody said, you don't know. I said, no. And they said, he's a singer. I said, what am I, where am I working with a singer? Is it a musical? So he got to play my husband in it. Oh. And, um, and I just finished well. a relationship with a wonderful man, wonderful, wonderful man who really became the children's other father. Okay. Who sadly died at Christmas. That was a big loss to my children. Right. Because he was coming over he, to he be died. at my daughter's wedding. Okay, and, I understand. You know. yeah, but awful. anyway, yeah, uh-huh. that's another story. Sure. And Barry and I have been together. I don't live with him, hmm. never have lived with him. I do like my own home. Um, but we've been, that. we've been together for 26 years, oh, including so the time I went to live in America. Mm-hmm. He'd come over and visit me. It's a, a, a unique, wonderful relationship mm. with an extraordinary man mm. who people don't quite get our relationship. But well, it is the most wonderful relationship. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You don't have to live with somebody. You don't have to marry somebody. Mm. Mm. You know, I'm not needy. <laughs> um, I don't need to have somebody around me all the time. He's always there. We talk about everything. Mm. We are both passionate about show business. Yeah. We love what we do. Mm. You know, it makes my heart... I know this sounds very over the top. No, it makes my heart beat. I mm. love it. I love going to... I go to everything I can get to see. I see movies. I watch television. Mm. I go to the theatre. Barry and I used to do everything. Your soulmates. And, you know, it just worked. Mm. We toured together. And, of course, we, we're together on tour. I go over and spend weekends. Yeah, I do yeah. the, the garden. I do mm. the cooking. Mm. I even brought back... Some sewing that he needed doing, and mm-hmm. I didn't have time to do it while I was there. So I brought it back, mm-hmm. and then I did it at home, and then I pasted it back to him. Scratch and sniff. You're listening to SNS Online with my special guest, Katie Manning. <laughs> Good is 
sitting alone in your room Come hear the music play Life is a cabaret, old chum Come to the cabaret One thing I haven't talked about yet because I wasn't quite sure where to fit it in because I know you, you were schoolgirl chums with Liza Minnelli and then there's Ruby Wax, which we have need to talk about. But... We had a lot more years than just Ruby Rax. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But uh, you met her when you... Was that when you went to France? No, oh, this was, was in London. Because oh, a... Judy was in London for a long time. Right, OK. Um, and I didn't take to school frightfully well. Um, and so my father decided to, to, to encourage the strong aspects, which were not being very welcomed at an ordinary school. OK. Um, I'd had to battle for many years before they realised I couldn't see. Mm. And so that meant that I was completely zoned out in my own world. So sure. I really did look like a weird child. Mm. Um, and couldn't play sports because I couldn't see the ball. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got a detention because they always thought I was... They used to put oh, me in goal in hockey and people just used to hit me. Right. Uh, you know, hit oh. me with your hockey stick. <laughs> hit me. Um, you know, and the pads came up to my ears yeah. and, you know, it was, it was a disaster. So they, they'd put me in plays and okay. give me Alice and I. So Daddy put me into Miss Dixon and Miss Wolf tutorial school in Victoria which was like 11 students, and that's where I met Liza. Wow. And we became, Amazing. because we were two complete misfits. My parents were away, you know, her mother was away a lot. So we were just kind of sent to each other's houses all the time. Mm. We were inseparable, absolutely inseparable. It was this wonderful friendship that just blossomed between these two from my kind of lifestyle. Mm. And her. it was so weird and so wonderful. And apparently you were hanging out at their house in Chelsea with Dirk Bogart, James Mason, oh, and going to the Savoy with Noel Coward. And yes. Just rubbing shoulders with these iconic people. But I had no... Iconic. But it was not... You didn't sit there thinking... No, no. Well, I was looking at the last chocolate eclair on the plate oh, when we were right. having tea. I'm with, with you there. And I'm thinking, I want that, but it's rude <laughs> to take the last one. I'm not thinking... You know, it wasn't mm. in my... And I'd grown up with all these sportsmen and politicians mm. and things, so it was all just my life. It just was what it was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, of course, you know, Judy was the most funny, wonderful, warm, incredible woman. And we see so much portrayed of the angst, the pain. I knew there, was, there were those issues. Yeah. But day-to-day -day life... She was a mama, you know, and I mean, you know, lovely things like, I'll just give you a quick story. I think mm. this is so cute. Mm -hmm. um, she was married to Sid Luft at the time. And Liza and I just, we, to this day, we find everything shriekingly funny. I mean, we are absolutely, <laughs> it's terrible. It's, it's embarrassing. But then, and everything was funny. You know, jelly would come to the table and we were on the floor rolling. <laughs> and eventually, you know, Sid looked up one day and he said, you know, why are these girls laughing all the time? And Judy said, because they're 13. No, she said, because, 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 because. Because they're 13. You had to, and you mm. did it well. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, because they're 13. And years later, we were getting out of a stretch limo in New right. York, and I caught the elasticated waist of my skirt. Oh, we sort of got stuck down the back of the I'm with you. I'm ahead And of as you. I'm getting out, of course, mm. I'm leaving, the skirt is pulling this way. And as I and your fell into going that way. <laughs> this way, and as I fell into the gutter and uh -huh. got boinged by my skirt elastic, I mean, you have to try and visualise that right. one. Well, that was it. We were rolling, and Liza <laughs> looked at me and she said, 
Can you hear Mama now? <laughs> they're laughing because they're 45. <laughs> and oh she she was the one that, you know, when, when I had the baby, she said, well, you know, Manning, are you going to get them christened? I said, well, don't you just take them to the library, darling, and have them stamped? <laughs> stamped. And she said, no, Manning, you have a party. Oh, too right. Twelve godparents later. Ah. Oh. Around the font uh-huh. at All Hallows, singing songs from Oliver, we had... Every religion, we had Hindu, we had Buddhist, we had Jewish, we had Catholic. It was some christening. And then we were given them a calpine thing right on the water, and quite amazing. I was just going to go down to Dulwich Library and, you know, register them. (laughs) But we have to talk about, because I don't think a lot of people were aware of your connection with Liza Minnelli. You might have read it in interviews, but... That episode of Ruby Wax took everybody by surprise. <laughs> took me by surprise. Particularly, well, for Liza fans but and certainly for Ruby Wax. But for, for somebody who adored you as, as a kid as Joe Grant and then suddenly, oh my God, it's Joe Grant with Ruby Wax. It was extraordinary. She's brought her best friend along with her for me to meet Kate Manning. I don't know if you know who this is, Kate Manning. She was the first Doctor Who girl. Now, this is who your pet Manning. This is the one and only Katie Manning. <laughs> I knew you'd use your mother as an excuse, you know? How many times have I heard, I'm late because my mother was Judy Garland. I knew she'd pull that stuff. My mother was Judy Garland, was she? <laughs> Miss Dixon comes over and said, what'd she say? In England, we rule margins. And we did wonder, you know, had you had a few cooking sherries or something like that? Everybody wants to know what we... Across I the think floor. you need to get to know a little more about Ruby. Ruby had come over to Inter- America yeah. to interview Liza. Mm-hmm. Liza didn't make the interview. Ruby mm-hmm. waited three days. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had flu, I think, apparently, or so on. Yeah. Possibly. yeah. And kept saying, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So Ruby came back and she, okay. Now, I'd been asked and I said, no, I'm here. I was in the next room. This is honest truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying, no. I'm not denying anything, but I'm not, I'm telling <laughs> you what happened. It was great. So I'm next door and uh, this was a tiny little room. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's much smaller than the studio. Mm-hmm. It was so small. And I, so Liza, and I just said to her, Liza, just be prepared because this is not going to be like a, we love you, Liza interview. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, in the sense of... Well, it's quite a sort of bit of a comedy programme. So we know what we do. You know what the Ruby Wax... Yeah, you know what be, Ruby was about. It's now, be a bit of a she did it brilliantly. There's oh, no... Yes. I'm not oh, my God, taking anything funny, away. funny. But funny. bear in mind, she's not happy. And if you watch the show, you hear her saying, you know, I waited mm. for this woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and she's brilliant at it. Yeah. I love her. She, anyway, I was in the next room. And, event, and, and I get this call. You know, will you come in? No. Then Liza says, Manning... Get in here. <laughs> I need you. I need you. I have to have you. And you've got to be here right now. So I went in. Now, I wasn't ready to do anything like this. Now, it's a tiny room. Now, I swear this is true. Mm-hmm. And so I spend a lot of time on the floor. It's something I've done for a long time. It's called, crawling about. <laughs> it's called the African squat. Okay. I do it because it takes the weight off your back uh-huh. and you're out of everybody's way and yet mm. you're ready to stand up when you stand. I do it in rehearsals. I do, mm. all the, I do it in the queue in the bank, you know. So I didn't want to be on camera, uh. right? So I am literally just trying to move every time the camera came near. I'm moving away from the mic, showing <laughs> yeah. you what I'm doing here. I'm crawling across your desk. But I am a very strange... I do do very weird mm. things. Mm-hmm. I do the dying fly dance <laughs> when I'm very drunk. 
It, you sort of stick your arms and legs in the air and look like a dying fly. There you go. We all do we think. It's a showstopper. It so, stops the show. You know, that, if you cut this all together yep. and you put it into this situation. Bonkers, Katie. Thank you. Yep. Now, whether or not there was anything else added to that, I will never say. <laughs> right? It didn't need to be, though, because there are people who subsequently met me who said, I realise now that wasn't as bizarre as I think it is, because now I know you. Yes, yes. <laughs> Liza singing into a shoe was funny. It was all funny. Liza is a funny woman, and oh, she it was took it in great spirit. She did, she did, yep. And, you know, but out of that came, it became one of the most watched Ruby oh, Waxes. Oh, God, absolutely. You know. Kate Manning, who apparently was the first Doctor Who girl. Oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> even that was the, you know, I knew where we were going there. And you take it, you You have lots of support for that, I promise you. And I look back at it and you think, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And it's funny. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's, yeah. But I do crawl around the floor. Oh, so do I. I am, truly do. We'll try it together after the interview. I'm very we'll close to the, the floor building. because I'm tiny. Yeah. Doesn't take half a second for me to get <laughs> down on the floor. Why don't you step inside the head of Katie Manning? Come on. Don't be afraid. Scratch and sniff. Now, you come back to England, I think, via America. It's, I spent, Liza and I spent nearly in the 90s. I lived there. With her, right for three or four years. Okay, right. Okay. Uh, children came over there. Um, we had a wonder. We started a production company together, wow. and you know we're very. We create characters. I mean, we were sitting in the back of a limo, and I, I saw this thing, and it said private panel. Mm. So I just turned around and I said, you know, sort of private panel reporting for duty, sir. <laughs> You see, well, she became private panel and I become major bore. Major bore. And we used to write notes to each other. We thought the war was still going. I mean, was, we, <laughs> we play. We have a lovely time together. Aww. We had an extraordinary time. Then we went to L.A. And I don't belong in L.A. Okay. And we had these big theatrical parties and we had people like Sean Penn. I mean, I had, wow. you know, and, and we had Shirley MacLaine and we had... Whoopi Goldberg. I mean, and I just used to skirt the edge of these parties. I mean, it was just so bizarre. Mm. And, you know, but it was wonderful. We had Natalie Cole singing and playing the piano in our living room while I'm playing with Lily the oh, dog with I the squeaky say. pig, you know. Oh. And I mean, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's all so bonkers. <laughs> and we had a wonderful time. But then when we were in LA, and this woman came up to me, there's no irony. And I have a problem because I, I do like to play yeah. and some which I could do with Liza but when you got into this sort of you have to be a little more careful everybody's a bit more careful no I understand and this woman came up to me she said now tell me have you made any movies and I said well no I haven't been to Betty Ford yet well if I could have gone through that floor <laughs> forget Ruby Wax darling yes. this was the most oh I wanted to die yeah And I, at that point, decided the only way I was going to survive being there, and I was offered two films, and I turned them both down. Oh, right. Because I knew I, I, it wasn't right for me. Okay. It's the wrong place for Katie. I just hit your machine. Um, mm -hmm. And so I wrote Not A Well Woman. Hello, I'm Pansy. Nice to meet you. Ah, I just introduced myself to our house guest. He's been staying with us for two weeks. 
The difference in going to a party and having one in your house is that when you have the party, you can't leave. <clears throat> Whoops! Oh, I'm so sorry. I just sat on a man wearing a beige linen suit with a beige linen shirt, sitting on a beige linen sofa. Lack of colour can be very confusing. So you wrote that quite a while ago. So this is semi-autobiographical. I, I even had it worked for three months with a, an ex-boyfriend of mine, putting the whole thing to music as well. You know, right. a musical score through it. Not mm. to music, but a musical score with it. And this is something you performed on stage as well? I did one performance in New York, which got Liza invited all the top producers and Blake Edwards mm -hmm. and everybody, and Edwards. they Pink loved Panther, it. Of course. And Blake Edwards said, this is extraordinary. Don't touch it. It's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, long story there, which I won't get into because we don't have all night. Uh, so cut to the chase. I then had so many people involved in it and I kept going off and re doing this and doing that. And then I did one performance, two performances in L.A. Mm -hmm. And by this time, I kind of had lost my love of it because so much had been... You know, you got to do this. You got to. They I've didn't. Diluted with they other didn't people. like my irony in it, and sometimes I touched on some very sensitive subjects. Okay. And areas Too many and... cooks. That sounds. So like... I came back to England, and I put it in my girlfriend's bathroom cupboard. And when I came back to England, I said, "This is unfinished business." I took out the original. It's all handwritten. I mean, except for all the scripts that they, they then printed yeah, off. You know, yeah. but mine's no numbers. Mm. I rang up David Richardson. From Big um, Finish, from of course. Big Finish. He does all the Doctor And Who's. he came along with Nick. Our Dalek, Nick. Oh, Nick Briggs, Voice of the Daleks. Exterminate! Yes. Mm. And he came along and I said, look, there's some lovely cakes. I'm going to read you this. If you don't like it, eat the cake. We'll never speak of it again. Right, so this has actually come They've from... They've never done drama. This was the first of the dramas. OK. Right? I got to page... Well, I don't do pages mm. because it's... I think a particular Fluid. way. I do time travel. There's no, mm -hmm. But I know where I'm going because there's actually a philosophy through this as well. I kind of went, oh, oh, wait a minute, hang on, this bit. And they said, no, you don't even bother to look for the next bit. I'd thrown it over my shoulder yeah. or something. And they said, uh, we want to do it. How long will it take you to turn this into an audio? I said, oh, give me a week. <laughs> you know, and in a week I, I did. And, and Toby did the most extraordinary job because you need to have these sound effects. A lot of glass involved. Was that you falling through windscreens? <laughs> I'm not going to tell okay. you. <laughs> glass goes right the way through it. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. As Intriguing. Yes. Anyway, so I completed and went right back to my original end, my original, you know, which they wanted me to because they did, you know, America, and it's when you get to the end, people are in shock because it's not what you expect. Okay. Um, but this is so interesting for me that this was actually conceived before you came back to England um, with mm -hmm. Liza and all these people and stuff. Because I just thought it was something that was written specifically well, for I, Big Finish. When Liza heard it, when she came over to do the um, Hampton Court thing, and we hadn't communicated for a long time, for the first time in our lives, you know, which don't really need to talk about. But, no, that's fine. Um, but but you are com you're communicating she, now. She said, Manning, have you, I said, I've done it. I've completed it. And she said, I, I want us to do it again. Mm. And I said, no, it's done. It's done. Right. So you have seen her quite recently then? Or... Yeah. Oh, well, well, she came to, and I hadn't seen her for long. Georgie had seen her, my right. daughter. Mm -hmm. And because I, I was invited to something when I was, I couldn't go. So it always looked like I couldn't yeah. go. And it yes. was not, you know, and we needed to 
catch you up. You just needed. We needed yeah, to re. I understand. Uh, and you know, after the marriage and so on and so forth. And oh, her marriage. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I went to the Hampton Court, right. and we see you got lost in the maze. <laughs> well, I'm sitting there, <laughs> and we're just under the cover with like you know the posh people. Oh, yes. And it was raining, and so everybody had like these garbage bags on yes. them, and da da da. And Liza came out, da 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 da. And you know we're all sitting there in the rain. <laughs> she and, sounds fantastic, and she's wonderful. I love this. <laughs> and she came, and she said, and I, you know, and it, it was quite nervous because I thought mm. there were all sorts of things we needed to talk about. But I thought, you know, I'm here and I'm happy, and mm. I'd been told, you know, that somebody would come and get us and mm. take the front. And she came out and she didn't even start singing. She just said, where's Manning? <laughs> and everybody just went and put their hands up, you know. I'm, and Georgie's going red and, you know, and everything. And that was it. And I saw her. Then we spent a whole day together. Fantastic. And it was wonderful. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you got to reconnect like that. That's you fantastic. So it, it, she sounds adorable. It's been a long friendship and a mm. wonderful friendship. Has given me, once again, you know, when people say about books, You've got to be fair. There's a lot of books in here. Yes, yes. <laughs> but it's Volumes. not a book. It's my life. <laughs> yes. And it has been so bizarre. And you, I couldn't have written it. No. Most people don't believe half mm. of it. But it's honestly true. I don't tell stuff because I know people won't believe it. I believe everything you're saying, Katie. But well, I mean, why wouldn't I, I? I don't lie. Why would I lie? Well, I don't, well, no, it's all, it's, all, <laughs> yeah. it's all sterling stuff and I believe you. Scratch and sniff. With Nick Randall. <laughs> Hi, I'm Gloria, soon to be seen on TV in Gloria's house. The all-new <laughs> Toyota Sprinter. It'll get you where you're going in no time. Well, if you're enjoying this edition of Scratch and Sniff, then a reminder to you all that all previous shows are archived on SoundCloud by searching for SNS Online and MixCloud by searching for me, Nick Randall. And to contact us, why not join our Facebook page, SNS Online, or Twitter, which is Scratch and Tweet. Right, it's Katie's song choice now, which should prove interesting. My musical tastes are very, very weird. Nothing and wrong with that. We, so, we call the slot Desert Island Risks. But this, I have to read you my list because it's going to make you laugh. Okay, go on then. All right. Imagine. We don't judge. No, no, but it's just <laughs> when I read it, I thought, he's going to think I'm mental. No, 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 you're right. I thought that anyway. Ima yeah. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix, who I used to go out with. That's rock. Um, Did you? Oh, that's another part of my life we oh haven't even touched God, on. Oh, my God, we could be talking till three in the morning oh, and beyond. Oh, we could go a long way down this Jimmy road. Jimi Hendrix. Imagine Jimi Hendrix, Hey Joe. Hey Joe. That's... Ah. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Downtown. Oh, love it. Right? Mm. Uh, my Funny Valentine. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> no woman, no, no cry. cry. I love... Rocket. Right. After Midnight. Uh-huh. Right? Um... Dead Skunk in the Middle of the Road. Oh, that classic. Loudon Wainwright III. Okay, right. That one. Smelling His Way to Heaven. Uh. Uh, right, I just... It's a thing. Firestarter, the oh, prodigy. <laughs> Get Lucky. Well, we just love that. Right. That's now. Okay. Right? Because you know I wrote a rap song and you haven't heard that. That's in my play. I wrote oh. the filthiest rap song. The Biscuit Rappers. 
Oh, darling, this is so dirty, nobody can play it anywhere. OK, well, we can't. No, oh, no, 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 no. Yes. We wouldn't get okay. past go on that. No, no, no. You know, I mean, it starts with, I can give you the start. Oh. Riding with my homies in my boom yard car. Heading for a pumping and a crunking at the Black Eyes Bar. I'm in the Dropping zone. Dropping me sides I'm in the, zone. the slip plight of the seal. Smoking. <laughs> right, that's it. Yes. Um, and then a lot of yo-ho-hos. Yes, on the bottom Anyway, of the I had to do it. Mm-hmm. I had to get the vocals okay. of... A gangster rapper. Uh-huh. So I wrote this, but whilst I was writing it, I was making a lampshade for my daughter and shortening her curtains. Okay. Now that's mummy multitasking, and my son said, "Mother, I take my hat off to you. That is the most filthy rap I've ever had." <laughs> and I thought, and there I was sewing roses onto lampshade. <laughs> you rocker! You've given us lots. You've also got more. You got more, haven't you? Cabaret. Oh yes. Hey Jude. I'll tell you, right. Factory Girl. Okay. The show must go on. Uh, Walk on the Wild Side, Lou Reed. I sent her one email saying, could you pick a music choice? Louise had two. So don't worry, you don't have to be constrained by one. And she's come up with (laughs) about a (laughs) hundred. Miss You and Cab Calloway's, Mm -hmm. right, but done by the Blues Brothers, Minnie the Moocher. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Well, I I, I just don't know what to say. Let's pick one of those. (laughs) Fire starter by Prodigy. (laughs) (laughs) I did set fire to Liza once, so I figure that's... I did. Well, we'll talk about it in a minute. No, we'll just leave that one to dangle. Oh, well, okay, let it dangle. (laughs) Katie Manning delighting and surprising me with her song choice, Firestarter by Prodigy. So, back to the UK now in Katie's story and to a challenging and rewarding theatre role. Me and Jezebel, we must talk about this. The Edinburgh Fringe 2009, I saw it with Andy a few years later at the Hampstead Theatre. My gosh, that was so good. I mean, Betty Davis, huge, wonderful film star of the day. And you not only doing her, but so many different characters from that time. I think it was um, it was a particular time when she went to visit somebody. It's a true story. Yes, yes, yes. It's so, it's so nice to do a play about a famous person mm. out of their comfort zone. Yes. You know, it's like when you see people interviewed, they have their PR people who say, you can't ask this question, you can't ask... You know, you see mm. that happening on most of the chat mm. shows usually. You see when they're getting into 
we're not supposed to be talking about this. Mm. You know, that's all very clearly laid out mm-hmm. when you introduce mm. when you interview somebody sure. very famous. Um, and so to have Betty mm. in a situation in McDonald's with a child having a temper tantrum, <laughs> um, to have her on a beach where the child has disappeared, mm. to have her being attacked by a large dog mm. whilst picking raspberries, <laughs> you know. Um, so you actually get to see a very different side to the star. You see the woman, you hear the heart that she had for her grandchildren who her daughter wouldn't let her see. Mm. And because she was in this simple home with this woman who couldn't believe it because, I mean, she'd been a fan since she was 13, mm. um, to have this to be woman, looking after this extraordinary person, but yeah, then having and the to... husband's leaving because he can't stand her. He, <laughs> he, you know, she's literally, and the, the four-year-old starts to talk like Betty, you know... You goddamn and all this kind of thing and have Patty with loved children, and it was just so wonderful a story. I couldn't couldn't not do it. And it was originally done as a two hander, and a man played Betty. Interesting. And then Barry said to me, he said, and I was playing nine other characters, and Barry said to me, "You can do it as a one woman show." Well, I mean, we need we split up over this. <laughs> I said, I'm, I mean, if you'll pardon the expression, but, you know, if I play all those characters, including me, I'm going to come out of my own bottom hole. You know, <laughs> I really. Rehearsals were a nightmare. Betty hated Barry with a passion. Every time Barry said something and inter- interrupted Betty, she just would so <laughs> and the air went blue, you know. Um, so in the end, he convinced me that my Betty was really rather yeah. good. Yes, I thought so. And... Um, the rest is history. Mm, it, I dragged her sorry ass right across Australia. I dragged her up to the Edinburgh Festival. I had a changing and a toilet. But I tell you, you had the five-star review in the um, Edinburgh Evening News, one of the Britain's best actresses, a host of glowing reviews for that. And another feather to your cap, you know. Did you ever meet Betty Davis? No. Okay. Never. Okay. It's, I, it's one of uh, probably the only one you haven't met. Betty <laughs> is so in me, it's scary, because I never even had to look... I mean, obviously, I've seen all her movies mm. over the years. Mm-hmm. But when I did her, I did her literally off the top of my head. Mm. I got her manners. I knew, you know, once I, you know, she'd had the hip operation, mm. so you get the walk. You harpoon that part. And, you know, that's Nailed what it. you have to do. I loved playing the evangelist, too. That was fun. <laughs> you know, that, that scene between them. But, you know, it was, it was just a fabulous... And Barry said, one of the things that Barry said to me, he said... You know something, darling? You say when all of your personalities are uh, employed, you really are a nice person. (laughs) Oh, that's sweet. I hope you've enjoyed just some of the voices inside my head. I'm sure I've got one just for you. Scratch and sniff. We were talking earlier about, you know, stuff that I've done. And as I talk about it, I realise I've done much more than I ever believed I have. And I've got away with a lot more (laughs) by still being in the business, I think. But I I remember I was with the Young Vic Theatre Company and we did a season of Stoppard, Tom Stoppard plays. And so it was very exciting at the Mm. read-through. I was terribly excited. I mean, joining the Young Vic and we were going to do Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, The Real Inspector Hand, and I'd be glad if you'll be frank. And we were also going to be doing a, a, a proper version of Shakespeare's Hamlet. Okay. Anyway, so we were doing the read-through with Stoppard there. Oh, right. Yeah, I yeah, know. Oh, no. Hello. <laughs> and, uh, whoops. Was this pre and, or post-Miriam then? 
um, I don't know who okay. was around. You know, I mean, I, I was Felicity. <laughs> I was just very excited that oh, yes, I was going to absolutely. get to do this. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, we turned up. And we we're doing the read through, and I knew what I was in the real. Obviously, I was playing Ophelia in um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, which is just the smaller version of Ophelia mm. because it, the players are the the main focus of that play. Mm. Brilliant, brilliant play. And um, then there was the real Inspector Hound, and I knew I was playing in that. And then there was a, and I looked at the other one very quickly. And I thought, oh, I'm not in that. I'm not speaking in that. So I, so I'm there, and we're sitting there. And this is where my eyes catch me out. And there was this long pause. And and I think it was Stoppard or the director or whoever it was said, um, Katie, it's you. I went. I'm sorry, I didn't know I was in it. <laughs> Line! <laughs> Bang! Anyway, <laughs> I was playing rather a thick little person in it, so it turned out quite well. Um, but I hadn't, I just didn't see it. Right. Simple as that. Anyway, I have to do it. Then I, we were doing the actual full version of Hamlet where I was doing my full Ophelia, and one night we were opening, I think it was in Oxford or somewhere, we'd done it in London, and we were doing talks, and I had a terrible problem because my Hamlet kept treading on my very pointed toe shoes. You see, so I had to kind of keep trying to leave the stage, but of course I couldn't because he was on the foot. On the, and they're these like extended points, these really weird. You know, you got the ruffle. The hey, nonny, nonny. You know, yeah. I had a ruffle. I had eyelashes. I had these extended pointed <laughs> shoes on. You know, and uh, anyway, on the shoulder. <laughs> and no. there was so much going on, and then there was a guy. He was supposed to shout something from the wings and he didn't come on. And I, very quick thinking, because I've got a very deep voice, I rushed off. I'm going to do this and watch this entire studio explode as I do it. (laughs) And I rushed off to do this old character who actually was still in the toilet. And I went off and I went, and the line was, Give me some light. And then I ran back on as a (laughs) feeler. Does so, anybody know? Well, by this time, the entire company do not know it, but it was, I had to. Somebody had to do it because we needed the line. Mm. So by this point, so the review came in the next day. The first Ophelia to start out mad and go slowly sane oh, <laughs> because everything was before she was supposed to have gone a little bit, you know, yep. do lally, <laughs> having, having all of these problems. And I do believe because I think the best reviews are the worst reviews. You know, why not stay for breakfast? Why not stay at home? <laughs> I mean, you know, I love, I love bad reviews. This is Diana Rigg done a book about that. Um, no turn unstoned. Yes, <laughs> somebody called. must have done. Yeah, I mean, she, no, she, she did that. Yeah. I mean, you know, the good ones are it's all a little bit yeah. But yeah. The bad ones are funny. Yeah. You know? And those, those are two of my favourite bad oh, ones that you. I had. Just, did, did they know it was you then? The voice at the back? <laughs> Did they sort of work Nobody it out? in the audience knew it was oh, well, that, that's, the, that's the only thing. But can you matters. imagine everybody on stage trying I'm, to hold a I'm straight sure, face? I'm sure. There's this little tiny creature, you know, who's been playing this very frail character with a very lightweight voice, <laughs> suddenly goes off and out comes the lorry's oh. eye. Oi, oi! You lucky people! But John Pertwee, I think, will always. Actually, Derek Nimmo once oh, said. Ahead. He actually apologised and said, he said, um, he had to make a speech about something. And he said, and, you know, and my leading lady, who sounds like the Queen Mary docking. Oh, oh lovely. That's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
welcome to this, the latest in our series of stories about that incorrigible adventurous in time and space, Miss Iris Wildtime. We're here undercover, working for Meow. You know, the secret government agency. It's the 1970s and it's time to get with the programme. Ooh, there's a groovy universe out there. Let's segue into going back to Doctor Who in Big Finish. Not just playing Joe Grant. There's another character called Iris Wildtime. Thank you, Gary um, Russell. Thank you, Paul Mars. <laughs> I haven't I, heard one for ages. I came so back I need to, to London. Mm. I'd flown in. Gary said, I've got the script. I want you to do it. I didn't know who it was. Never heard of it. Didn't know anything about Paul Mars or anything like yep. that. Subsequently, wonderful, wonderful mm. man. Um, and so I said, oh, well, okay. And I had no idea what they wanted me to do, so mm. I just did something. Mm-hmm. And I know the opening thing and was I had to... Iris had been sent to a nunnery or something. Mm. And, it and she's opened, a Time Lord who has a TARDIS that looks like a double-decker bus. That's a number yes, 22 yes. Putney bus number with a bar Putney. in the back. OK. Uh, she likes to drink. Right. Um, and uh, so I, I had no idea what mm. to do. Nobody gave me any instructions mm. or she is this or she is that. And it opened and it said, Iris is singing to herself while picking cabbages. Mm. And I don't know what came into my head. Mm. And I just went, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and Iris kind of, my Iris came out of that. Mm. And, you know, it, it was a character that I just loved. And it, I mean, I, I did it with Colin Baker mm-hmm. in The Wormery, which was just wonderful. Mm. She gets to sing in that too. It was great. <laughs> when I did it with Peter Davidson, I dine out on this story. I love Peter <laughs> Davidson. He's wonderful. And we were doing it. And after about 15 minutes in the studio, he he just very quietly looked at Is she really playing it like that? <laughs> <laughs> And then she grew and grew and grew mm. and then they took her away from the Doctor so that she could become a little more flexible. Mm. You know, she's a big character. Yes, huge. And, yes, yeah, so then I threw her into the mix. I said one day, wouldn't it be nice to get Iris and Joe together? And I'd play John and Iris and the Brig and Joe. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and I, I liked doing that. I thought, find and replace but that would work for me because they're such different characters, such different they were, voices. And, they, and yet yeah. they had emotional moments. Mm-hmm. I, thought it was, I thought it was a lovely combination. And so mm. we did a few like that. I would say this is the most undignified trip through time and space I've ever made. <laughs> but it isn't. Oh, do shut up, lovey. It could end up anywhere if I don't keep my mind on me steering. Oh, Joe Pet, would you hurry up with that gin and tonic? Sorry, Iris. I can't seem to find any lemon slices. Oh, never mind. I'll have it without. Prepare for descent. Oh, but almost there. <laughs> hey, you best sit down, lovey, if you're not used to rough landings. And recently I did the first really musical Doctor Who in the Scorchies. The Scorchies, yes. Joe is making a thing. He's held together with a piece of string. What a lovely thing to sing about Joe making a thing. Hello, everyone. Welcome, one and all, to the Scorchy Show. Joe, Josephine Grant, I, I'm a friend of the Doctor's and I've come here to defeat you. A story! A story! A story! Oh, dear. With Melvin Hayes, off of... It ain't our fault, Mum. That's right. And, and some holiday, some holiday. That's right, with Cliff, who <laughs> Cliff. was born on, well, same birth date, not year. OK, right. 
I think I'm probably older than them. Um, no. no. <laughs> but it was really funny because everybody, nobody put A thousand on the, glorious years, Cliff Richards. But nobody actually put, like, who, what voices were what voices right. on it. And everyone thought all those voices, like, cool cat, mm. you know. Joe is making a thing. Yes. It's got lights of flash and go be That wasn't Melvin, that was me. <laughs> that was you. I tell you, we would listen to a little bit of that today and Andy said that's Katie, isn't it? Yeah, of course it, it is. He, he knows I, did voices. The mice. I did the mice. I did um <laughs> uh, Mr. Cleverman. Uh you had to sing in all these voices oh, as well. What fun for <laughs> you. <laughs> Oh, the mice. Kill, kill, kill. Ooh. You know, all that. And then Cool Cat. And then Joe and yes. everything else. <clears throat> and Melvin was wonderful in it. And I suggested him, and they said, would he do it? I said, bet your sweet Bibby, well, he's working with me. I'll, they get some great people on Big I'll mess finish. up his laughs if he doesn't do it. <laughs> he was delighted. And we we worked. It was just a joy. But if you'd seen us trying to get those songs under our belt together, because all we had was like a click track. But it must be such a joy to work on Big Finish when you don't have to put on all the slap and get your marks right and, and blocking scenes and all that. You can just go in. You know, you obviously I you, you love voice. How I love wonderful. doing it. I Voiceovers you do as well. And all well, that. I did so much in Australia. Yes. I did so. I, I you know I did my first feature cartoon mm. show, and I. When I came over to London, I immediately got a phone call from an American-Australian company mm. who, I, I was at my girlfriend's house. I lived with my girlfriend. I did a Betty Davis on her. Okay. You know, I'm only going to stay for a little while. Well, you... three years later, I'm on the Christmas card. I've had many people who stayed at my flat like that. Well, fortunately... <laughs> not, Andy, a... not Andy, not oh. Andy. Fortunately, I did not outstay my welcome. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very lucky. I have keys to so many houses, darling. Mm. I am truly a gypsy. <laughs> and I. it was very early in the morning and I had to do some voices for this nine-month-old puppy dog mm. called Oki, Texan mm -hmm. puppy dog. And I didn't want to wake the household up because I knew I was going to have to. Do. So I hung out of the skylight in the bathroom at like 6.30 in the morning, okay, right, right, thinking, oh, well, that won't wake anybody mm. in the house, you mm -hmm. see. So there I am going, whoa, <laughs> oh, the ears. Yes, the ears. Oh, no, the man's his just actually had a, No, his brain just exploded. <laughs> um, and, so, and, of course, I said to my girlfriend, you know, so... I got the bar. Yep. And she, I said, I'm so, you know, I didn't wait. You know, she said, no. But mm. the whole of Camberwell are fascinated to know because I had to do dog dreaming, dog snoring, dog... Uh, Louise Jameson played the tree once. The <laughs> wackiest thing I've ever played was a hyperactive cotton bud. OK. Yes, I, I can visualise that. So, you know, I, and I played a French key. Yeah, French yeah, door key. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> Moving towards the present, or the more recent-ish present, you came back to Doctor Who. Now, this was such a wonderful treat for me. I was listening to the your um, commentary with Russell Davis, Russell C. Davis of Death of a Doctor. Uh, what, what a sweetheart he is. He just seems such a lovely guy. And so in tune with the young boy that he was, And but, but taking that in a totally professional... Russell T. Davis is one of the most wonderful, extraordinary... Mm. Men, he and Phil Collins between them. Phil Collinson, yeah. Oh, Collinson. <laughs> that's the other I'm one. really good at that's that. That's probably something you dated. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. <laughs> just, uh, no. just have that on record. But uh, he, he, if that man had not been well, the person yeah. who brought this show back, mm. you know, if it hadn't been for Barry Letts. Yes, definitely Barry Letts and Russell Davis. Yeah, you I know, agree. These two people mm. are. I mean, I'm not ignoring the very beginnings of Doctor. Sure. There was a time when I wasn't very keen, but we don't need to talk about it. Okay. Um, but Russell T was the, absolutely the right person. He was passionate. 
He was passionate. There you go. Thank you, darling. Yeah, <laughs> I just moved He's your mic. Passionate about the um, show. Mm. He is so clever. He is so creative. Mm. I, I mean, you know, really, we would not have what we've got now mm. if we hadn't had yes. him. And to be honest with you, Christopher Eccleston was a brilliant mm. choice to bring out of that TARDIS. Mm. He had everything that we needed. Mm. And Billy Piper, oh wonderful. My, God. It, my top three are you, Katie Manning. Uh, sorry, you are Katie Manning. You, <laughs> Occasionally. You, Katie Manning. Not often. Elizabeth Sladen and Billy Piper are my top three. We'll I, possibly Catherine Tate as a fourth because she is brilliant. But Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, and they've all, every single doctor has brought something to this show. Mm. Every single one. Mm. You know, there hasn't been a rotten apple in the no, pile. There has been a doctor, absolutely. There has been odd writing, there's been odd which attitudes to help. how to produce it. Yes, and putting which day they put it on, opposite Coronation Street. Or but I have to say, you know, you couldn't have asked no. for a better mm. opening to bringing this show back. Well, they've back. made it modern, they've made it accessible for women to watch it, to, to, to see Absolutely. that it's a show for people to and enjoy. And it had to come families, off yeah. all that nonsense about, oh, you know, Mike Gray, da, da, da. it had to come <laughs> off. The figures were dropping. Yeah. It needed to be reinvented. Yeah. It needed to grow After up. After 26 years. When Barry years. Letts took it over, it needed the same thing yes. because it was losing its grip. Yeah. We mm. could have lost it back then if it hadn't been for Barry Letts. It almost did opinion. get lost, I think, yes. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we need to be real about this. However great a fan you are, there mm. has to be a reality but check who here. would have guessed that out of that would have born Torchwood and then the Sarah Jane oh. Adventures and then the opportunity of Jo Jones now and that she's got married coming back to the show? Oh, it's funny all this today because got me thinking because the doctor showed me such a remarkable life and... Anyway, it just took me a long while to get over it. Me too. You know, sometimes I think I've never stopped running. And then it came back and I realised the life I wanted was right under my nose all that time. Who came back? The doctor? Yeah. Recently? Oh, about four years ago. I... I, I never saw him again. But it was just wonderful to see you and Elizabeth Sladen together. And I, as, I, as I say, you have this instinctive raw quality to you. And Elizabeth is very sort of pitch perfect in her performance. To watch you both absolutely steal the screen mutually and doing scenes together just, was just lovely. We really worked well. We'd also been both worked with Pertwee. Mm, of course. And they said it was, and then, you know, she was very honest. She said it was a real tough time for me coming mm. in after you with him because, you know, it was, he, it's like you do. It's like, well, she would have, you know, you're up against a lot. And she, and then, of course, she got the remarkable Tom. And yes. she made that wonderful crossover, mm. you know, to the next, after mm. Tom, it went down a little bit in terms of ratings. I'm not talking about in terms of quality, but yes. in terms of ratings. So she came in at, Really perfect time. time. Yep. Really created this wonderful. Mm. She was perfect for that mm. character, and she said, "You know, we were talking about." It and she said, "You know, it's lovely to have Joe's warmth and mm. wackiness, and because it gives my character a moment where I can relax." Mm. And you can see that Sarah Jane does have this. Mm. You know, once she gets with someone like Joe, she kind of opened up and let go a bit. And a lovely moment. You should get a fella. Find yourself a fella. 
Yes. Oh, we love that. Me and Andy, we love that bit. We love it. And you, 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 you have the biggest smile in show business. It just melts our hearts. It was, it's, it was so lovely to see you back there. And it seems so true how Joe had developed as well. I even um, cut my own hair with pinking shears. Oh, did you? Well, if you think about it. You go to a barber, you, darling. When I saw the photographs, oh, no. I thought I shouldn't have done that. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think great. like there's that is that. This woman. Has, because she's going to do it herself, yeah. Well, she's been... She'd been dropping kids at the bottom of mountains. Exactly, which he created. Chained herself to Robert Mugabe. She's been, you know, there's no way this woman Mm. would have had her hair done. (laughs) So she just made it easy, easy doing. I would have loved, I mean, obviously. And as for my grandson, hello. Santiago. Game of Thrones. Oh, he's an, oh, they were all so lovely. I know. Oh, those kids were just, well. Yeah. But it would have been, It would. I mean, apparently Russell Davis said if the show had continued, you you would have been back once a year. We would have had a different grandson each year and hopefully Stuart Beaver would have come back as well. She was just, you know, and and Liz and I, when we fell into that coffin together. (laughs) Put the Liz, I'm coughing! (laughs) I mean, you know, it's hard to explain, but when they opened it, because the position we had to be in was even more ridiculous yes. than the one you saw. We had to rearrange for that. <laughs> and working with Matt, what oh, an yes, absolute of treat. He is such a beautifully... He, to watch him work was just a masterpiece mm. for me. Um, and because his physicality is so he, fascinating. It's extraordinary, yeah. You know, what we also have to remember is I've come through many generations of acting styles. yes. And so, you know, you also have to look at that when you're looking at the older versions. You have of to Doctor. adapt to fit into. You have yeah. to realise. And Liz Layden had this as well. That's yeah. right. And we have to grow, and we have to change, mm. and we learn. And this is what is so marvellous mm. about what we do. So working with him, he was so generous and so dear. And Liz was marvellous because she knew how frightening it was. Because I was bringing back a character. Now I had, I was given this gift of writing, mm. but I still had to make the person that you could see had come from yeah. that person that you yeah. because she'd been very clearly known so you had to see that it was her mm. but her 40 years on yeah we'd been traveling down the amazon for months and we reached a village in cristalino and it was the only place in thousands of miles that had a telephone so i called you i, I just wanted to say hello and they told me that you'd left left unit never came back so i waited I waited because you said you'd see me again. You did. I asked you and you said yes. You promised. So I thought, oh, one day I'd hear that sound deep in the jungle. I'd hear that funny wheezing noise and a big blue box right in the middle of the rainforest because he, he wouldn't just leave. Not forever. So I had to find those little yeah. idiosyncrasies. Yeah. You know, so I did the rings mm. she, and had little yeah. tattoos and you know things that she would have done along the way. And I loved the fact that she was so faithful to the doctor and so was she to her husband. She stayed with him, never left his side. And, you know, seven children and 13 grandchildren. I know. Perfect. I know, absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. Much better than getting divorced or whatever they wrote in some fan story. I can't remember. Oh, I don't know what they were writing about. I mean, but, you know, people do what they do and people read it. And but they this think, is canon, darling. It's been on TV, so that's... It's done, it you know. 
you know, because the things with that when somebody you said somebody flippantly say because people used to say whatever happened to Joe, I said I don't know she was an act, she wasn't real. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sorry to you know to deflate you, but no, she wasn't real. Right? No, she's not. She me. was to me. <laughs> exactly. But you know, when you're asked questions like I what know. happened to, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> but you now know. we do. Now we do. It took me a long time to even do Joe on. Big finish, Big finish you know, right? It to took get... me a long time. I was amazed by your performance on that. Listening to it, it was I think that a... was one of the last ones to come in. But your, your voice was just exactly as it was. I thought that's what David Richardson said. Doctor, this is Joe. Though of course you already know that. I'm in the control room and I'm, I'm just wondering where you are and well if everything's all right. Doctor. Doctor. So we're now on the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. I mean. It's just endured so well, and do you think it'll go on another 50? I mean, <laughs> Well, I won't be here to find out. I don't out. think I will either, but darling. Carry, you know, let's face it, why not? One thing that's great about Doctor Who is the fact that when people say, why has it got such a huge audience? Mm. I mean, I'm now into my fourth generation because I've got all the little kiddies on yes. Sarah Jane. I yeah. mean, if you saw my fan mail, it goes from five <laughs> to, like, 95. But how lovely is that? Which is lovely. It is lovely. But, you know, when people ask me why, and I think because right since man, caveman even, you can see it reflected in some of the cave painting, we've always looked up there and wondered. And that's, and it doesn't matter whether you're five or 95, we still look up there, even though we've been up there, there's still this thing that man will always have. And that's why... It has lasted because we're still in such wonderment about this extraordinary space around us. I think I've mentioned somewhere, I've been babbling for so long now, I can't remember what I think I might have mentioned. I, I termed anybody who's had anything to do with Doctor Who... I call it the Doctor Who kiss, right? Not the Glasgow kiss. <laughs> I'm pleased to hear it. Um, it's the Doctor Who kiss because everybody who's touched by it, it brings us into this extraordinary group of friendships mm. right from all of the, the, the members in, in the, the current Doctor Who. Mm. Whenever you meet them at a mm. convention, mm. there's an instant bond of wonderful recognition mm. and warmth and acceptance. You don't even have to, you know, kind of get to know each other because you already have this huge thing in common. It's like we've all been married to one person <laughs> for us <laughs> girls. you know. But um, No, it is anybody who's ever been, any actor who's ever been in it has that same feeling. And when you're at conventions and when we are fortunate enough to do the conventions where like nearly everybody is there, it's such a joy. And everybody is so supportive. If we ever find out that anybody who is either a companion or a doctor or anything like that has had any particular troubles, you know, and that there's anything we can do. And I know that when there has been illness involved in it, we all jump to, we're all up, we're all raising money, we're all trying to do charities and things that will help the illness that this person has had. Yes, because Janet Fielding's been, been doing exactly. stuff. Exactly. Yes, and, you know, so we all jump money. to and do everything we can. Um, and I know that whenever I've tweeted anything that they've picked up, mm that other people might pick up with that either I'm not terribly well or I've had I, I had a lot of, you know, loss recently. Right. Everybody was getting to me on, on direct message or emailing me just mm. to say, Are you okay? Mm. 
people that you don't necessarily have to speak to until you see the next convention sort of thing. But the moment we recognize that something's wrong, that is an extraordinary thing to mm. have. In, in when you think of all my years in, in theatre and everything, you make great friends and so on, but there's just something about having been a part of Doctor Who, yeah. you know, even if you've only had a cough and a spit in it. Right. It's not a very nice term case, <laughs> is it, really? Um, but you know what I mean, even if you've had a tiny part, you know, there's that recognition. The Doctor that, Who kiss. The Doctor Who kiss. <laughs> boop, boop, <be> doop. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I want to be Kissed by you, just you, nobody else but you. I wanna be kissed by you alone. Scratch and sniff. Now, Katie, one final question uh, related to Doctor Who, and it's quite a personal one. I'd be very interested in your answer. How do you think John Pertwee would have felt about Doctor Who in the 21st century? Can you imagine how excited he'd be to be doing all these wonderful things that they're now doing, tied up with the 50th? Big finish, of course. Absolutely, all those big finishes. I mean, because I've been playing John for so long now. (laughs) The Ghost in the Machine has just come out, which is a lovely... Jonathan Morris story and this directed Louise's by Louise st- yes. um, which has had lovely review and they were very complimentary certainly to Louise's direction but I have to say Come on for you as well well it was rather good for me too I I'm a bit so. embarrassed to say I am not Joe Grant I am the doctor the doctor yes not quite so dead after all can't do this. I'm sorry. I already have. No. Let me out of here. Let me out of here. You are a wonderful actress. We well, I you. don't know you. that, but if people say it, I'm very pleased they say it. Well, it's the same it means reverse. I'm getting away with it again, <laughs> darling. That's all, right. That's all I've ever believed in my career. Is not, can I? Am I still getting away with it? The bluffer's guide to life. That's but why it was I'm lovely because they said that I really have, you know, totally got John, and mm. I, you know, because he was so dear to me, and he will always be in my head and in my heart. I can hear him. You know, I know how he would react to things. And he would be so joyous to be a part of this whole massive thing that's now happening across the world. And he would be doing all the DVDs. He would have done all those wonderful commentaries. And I wouldn't have been crying at the end of the Green Death commentary (laughs) because he would have been sitting by my side correcting me, saying, no, dear, that's not how it happened. Um, (laughs) And he, you know, what a wonderful man. And, of course, he was such... A great raconteur, and mm. you know, he's just would have been the happiest, happiest person. Moon in boots the world. and dinner suits, that was fantastic. You know, these, uh, and after dinner stories. Oh, he's, mm. I mean, I, I spent years just listening to wonderful stories mm. and learning so much. And can you imagine Nick at this time, Nick Courtney and Roger Delgado, all of these wonderful, mm. I mean, I could go into, you know, obviously other people that are no yes. longer with us. You at know. least Nick did get to see the revamp, as did Barry Letts, and also he did get to be in the Sarah Jane Adventures. He Unfortunately got, not the same one as you. But No, he, uh, but he yeah. actually, he yes, got, he, got a, a little, he a go. got a little taste of what mm. was to come, but yeah. I think he would have been very excited about yes, now. I mean, absolutely. that would have been definitely a vat of red on that one. <laughs> it was interesting, but um, I read an interview with John Pertz, who's about a couple of years before he died. Obviously, he got to find out that they were doing a movie with Paul McGann, but I think at the time, because Doctor Who 
from a lot of people's perspective, had got a bit tired and they needed to rest it. He was coming from that perspective, and they asked him, oh, how would you feel if Doctor Who came back? And he, at the time, it was a slightly sort of negative, oh, I'm not sure, should it come back now, after it's done its course type of thing. But do you think he would have been surprised by the emotional resonance that you have in the new series and uh, and the fact that it's accessible for women and men and like the, the endings of a green death you get these weepy scenes in a lot of the episodes now oh it, it, i mean it's, it's, i was looking at it you know from where it's where it was i mean and with all the new episodes that hmm. they've now found yes i mean of course. just the fact of That's the sort of recently. you know um, Fraser Hines and Deborah Watling sitting on a tube with a Yeti is just, <laughs> I think really for me, you know, even if you never saw, because we didn't have the opportunity to see, to tell you, this show has always been wonderfully off yes. the wall, <laughs> you know, and indeed, but what it's done, it's like a kitchen sink history of performance because mm. you look back at our performances um, and they were very much of that time. And then in mine, I got that lovely growing stage from being the yes. young to the older etc mm-hmm. etc et um, and you saw her actually suddenly standing up and, and she'd learnt a lot from the doctor mm-hmm. and she could suddenly stand on her own two feet and she had an opinion and then it went on and it went from strength to strength and then of course now with, with the series back you know you're seeing the girls they're pretty tough stuff aren't they? Yes absolutely yes they are <laughs> <laughs> they don't mess about you know and uh, I love little um, Jenna Louise Coleman oh, because so I think sweet. she kind of goes back a little bit to where it was because I think some Sometimes um, the girls can be a little bit too strong. I agree. But that's just a personal opinion. Mm. And I mean, whenever you have an opinion on anything in Doctor Who, 300 people go, no. (laughs) So it's a a dangerous thing to have. But I do believe I've reached an age now where I can have a little opinion. Um, (laughs) Do you feel that that, uh, they're almost so strong that they've become super women and the ordinary person in the street perhaps can't quite relate to them? So they all have this snappy dialogue. Yeah, but you've got the younger generation watching it that are already there. So I don't, I think Mm. it's only the older generation who. Perhaps what are you like, trying to say, Katie? <laughs> I, well, I'm trying to say, have you, have you, has anybody seen Matron again? I, every time I come into the studio, I'm, I'm Matron lets me out. Oh, bless no, um, and I think mm. that you, you know, for me, I like that wonderful combination of being a strong mm. and capable woman, mm. as was my character all the way back in the '70s and many others. Mm. Um, but I think there have been characters, in my opinion, that have been so strong that it didn't give the doctor the, that little need yeah. and that little... And for the very young ones, just to see that... Yeah, see them in peril. The perils of Pauline, basically. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think that was why, you know, wonderful Caroline John, who just was the loveliest woman. Um, and I can see why she was so intelligent. She mm. was so smart. John would have had no one to really champion. Yes. He would have just had someone who was his equal. And I'm not sure that this, for a television programme, it might be right in life. Mm. Let's not go into that. That's a different thing. But this is a television programme, and there is that thing of the Doctor and the the companion. Yes, yes. You know. I think it's trying to not be remotely sexist and embracing the modern world, but still having the same elements of... Somebody's in peril. The doctor's got to sort it out. Yeah. Otherwise, where are we balance. going with this? Yes, absolutely. You know, oh, she's over there. Oh, she'll take care of herself. She'll, be all right. she'll wipe them out in a minute. <laughs> you know, um, which I think is is lovely. I like to see the, the girl. With and, a, just and, a little and apparently, bit of... um, when you worked with Matt Smith, uh, you actually said to him that John Pertwee would have approved. I'm absolutely sure. Oh, about, absolutely. Mm. And I know Which is lovely, he would. But you, you passed that on to you him. know. Uh, um, 
I absolutely know he would. That was one of the things I quite sensibly, he thinks I'm as mad as a box of fish, I think he once <laughs> described me. There are times when I do look like a cod on a slab. <laughs> um, Stop it. But, <laughs> it's the eyes, darling. And, but, you know, and just for that moment, I wanted him to know in my, you know, that there that yeah. he would have absolutely loved what he's doing. Mm. He would have respected him truly as yeah. a very, very, very clever and talented young actor. That's wonderful. So it's important to tell. Scratch and sniff. OK, Katie, well, for my seven-year-old self from 1972, I'm sure he would want you to hear this because this was written from the heart. This is from Nicky Randall's primary rough work book, News and Stories, from 1972. And I, 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 wrote, I, I wrote a story with you and John Pertwee as, as the doctor and the master and everything like that. And I, I was quite impressed with my writing style. I think if Stephen Moffat's listening to this... If he wants any ideas, you know, he can come to me at any time. Would you like to hear a little bit I of it? I want to hear it very, very much. OK. Doctor Who was in his TARDIS. Then Joe fell over and hit a button by accident. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You got me, didn't you? Absolutely. You got her character. Doctor Who said, we will go anywhere. The TARDIS stopped, they got out, they saw a city. Doctor Who said, you go that way and I'll go this way. <laughs> the Doctor saw a tunnel and he went in and he saw a Dalek, he ran. Which was obviously not influenced at all by Day of the Daleks um, from 1971. Um, he said, Joe, where are you? Joe did not say anything. I am a Dalek, I will tie you up. I'd like to see that one happen. <laughs> um, it goes on, there's ghosts in it. Um, anyway, it, uh, right, now the best bit, the best bit was the... Um, was the, the main villain of a piece. I'm not sure if they were ghosts or the master, but uh, the doctor pleads to this person. He says, please do not do it. And then the next sentence says, I will do it. So that was the extent <laughs> of, the, uh, of the baddies' great dialogue there. Um, this is too cute. I may have to slap you. Um, but, it's so cute. What I would love you to do is to sign it. Oh, with and, my and, and with then, my heart, my foot and any other bit of me. I, it, please sign it, um, Katie. Then I will send it back in time to my seven-year-old self. And um, yes, just, just, just... I think this is the most... Oh, look at this little book. <laughs> look at your little writing. Uh, have a look at the, um, the picture. I think, I'm not sure if that's supposed to be um, John Pertwee. There's a Dalek there. Oh, it's so lovely. Uh, oh, and the paper is all kind of soggy and sweet. <laughs> oh, look at you. <laughs> oh, this is a, just so adorable. Oh, thank you. Katie Manning. Signing my Doctor Who book. Joe Grant. Katie Manning. Doctor Who. Joe Grant. Katie Manning. Joe Grant. Katie Manning. Joe Grant. Katie Manning. Doctor Who. Doctor, we've been travelling for simply ages. Doctor? Doctor! Doctor! What was that? Doctor! Blimey, those hinges need a good oiling, Joe. Oof! Don't worry, I'm here. The one, the only. The Doctor. Ow! Are you going to announce yourself every time you walk into a room? All right. 
Joe, how many times have I told you not to use the scanner to order from the shopping channel? <laughs> what do you think? Metabelis 3 crystal eat earrings. All the rage, you know. <laughs> well, honestly, Doctor, here I am, all dolled up for a night out with Mike Yates. <clears throat> Again, when we get stuck in the time vortex. There's only so many excuses a woman can give, you know. Who says we're stuck? I'm just about to program in the textbook landing. <laughs> Watch that bucket, Joe. <laughs> oh, sorry, Doctor. Oh, I just fell over and hit a button by accident. Yes. Yes, you did. TARDIS databanks. It says... We will go anywhere. Anywhere? Anywhere. Anywhere? Anywhere. Anywhere with you. <laughs> so, where are we this time, Doctor? Because it certainly doesn't look like the groovy 1970s out there. Or do I mean the 1980s? Where have you brought us to this time, old girl? <coughs> Doctor! What was that? I just soiled myself. No, 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 no! The first bit! Well, there was that scream. <gasps> Joe, you go that way, and I'll go this way. And we're all together, goo goo Hey? Do not move! What is that terrible thing? Stay where you are! Some sort of giant intergalactic earthworm buried in the rock face. What are you? I am a giant intergalactic earthworm buried in the rock face, and I ask for questions. Charming. Silence, both of you. Oof. For you to safely pass, you must take the ultimate challenge. What challenge? The challenge of the giant earthworms of Metabolus 4. Metabolus 4? Metabolus 4? Metabolus 4. That's what I said. The question is as follows Who is David Beckham married to? I'm sorry? Is it A. Victoria Beckham? B. Victoria Station? Or C. Queen Victoria? David who? Wrong! <laughs> ah, you will be destroyed! Incinerate! I'm going to speak to my agent about this. I was promised a three-year run. No promises in the world of showbiz, Joe. Ow! And a well-renowned stage and screen actor playing the Doctor. I mean, who are you for Pete's sake? And what exactly have you been in? Pinter? Shakespeare? That's an extra in Benidorm once. Benidorm? Honestly, if you've got a job to do, then do it yourself. I've got a good friend of mine on speed dial. She'll soon sort this out. Seriously, Joe? A mobile phone in 1972? How many times have I got to tell you not to use technology from the future? Ow! Oh, my stars! 
an articulated lorry materialising right above us. Thankfully in hover mode. Oh, what a distinctive horn. It's wilderness any time. He battled its intergalactic parky. Hey, don't worry, Joe. I'll sort this out. Although I must say, oh, I don't think much of your taste and doctors. He's not with me. Charming. Oh, I'm beginning to enjoy that. You will be destroyed. I've got two Destronic missiles aimed at the giant earthworms of Metabelis 4. Both 76% proof. So if you don't want the biggest hangover in history, I suggest you let these two people go. No! Now, Joe, and whoever you are with, run like hell! You mean, run, you clever boy, and remember... No! Run, you blithering idiot, and sort your life out! Nick? Hello? Nick? Nick? Sorry, Katie, I must have nodded off there. Oh... How's your autograph going? Almost there. Katie, if I dressed as the doctor one day, would you come to my house and pretend to be Joe? Just thought I'd ask. Scratch and sniff. Well, you, I hope for you'll come and see the, um, the play that uh, hopefully I'll be doing next. It looks I... like it's a goer. Okay, right. And I shall have great pleasure in inviting you. I'd love to go to that. So that's with you and Susan Pentalli. Who was in a Doctor Who. Uh, uh, she was in uh, that one with um, Ingrid Pitt. Oh, was she? Yeah. Oh, right, the Time Monster. Yeah. Yes, wow. And also in the great sitcom with Judy Dench as well. Oh, indeed. Oh, she and Bokeh Barbwire. Oh, my God, Bokeh Barbwire. And we Don't were get in me drama started. school together. Yes, yes. So so that is a very good full stop to this. What incident. a lovely turnaround to come back to, to England. I get to do Doctor Who again, and I hook up with one of the most wonderful actresses in England yeah. to play two mad old bats. <laughs> and what's so funny is she can't hear out of one ear. And you can't and see. And I can't see. <laughs> so the, the writer, Philip Meeks, is so funny. He's been sending some tweets. And what is this play called? It's called um, <laughs> Keeping Up Keeping Up with the, the Joneses. Joneses. No, the Jones. Say it again, say it again. Keeping Up with the Jones. Keeping Up with the Jones? J-O-A-N-S. You heard it here first. Look out for that. Written by the brilliant Philip Meeks. Oh, thank you, Katie. That is so lovely. Let me have a little look at this. You are a truly beautiful soul. Oh, she's drawn a little picture and love you and everything. Joe loves you. So I'm going to send this back in time now uh, with the power of my teleport pad. There it goes. <laughs> and I also added a postscript. Can you do better at uh, school um, next time? <laughs> so there we go. That's I your... gave you 10 out of 10. Oh, oh bless you for that. And um, uh, we always uh, give our celebrity guests uh, a nice goodie bag. So... Oh, I love the polka dots. <laughs> Am I happy? Because you know I live out of bags, don't you? So every time somebody, all my girlfriends now, mm. when they get really nice carrier bags, mm. right, they they give me the bags. Oh. And Liza decided that some of the plastic shopping bags I had just were not chic enough. Right, OK, yeah. So I became a sort of a Betty Davis. I got the odd bit of Louis oh. Vuitton luggage because my plastic bags were so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I spent ages choosing that, that bag oh for you because I, I wanted God. to make sure it went with your clothes, and I think I I, I've done well. I love a polka dot, darling. I think I've done well. I, 
so, so enjoy chocolate. So, I don't want <gasps> coffee. I can smell the coffee. Yes, yes. Oh, hello. Oh, we should have done. Listen, Katie, who doesn't drink. Yes. <laughs> contrary to rumor, contrary because to the rumor. number of times people have said to people, "What is she on?" Uh, yeah, absolutely. Right? Well, you're on coffee. Clearly. And uh, well, coffee and nothing. Right. I, I get overexcited. You can give a champagne to somebody else. Well, but... no. What we should have done? We should have drunk it and seen what happens. <laughs> Oh, my God. It would have been, forget Ruby Wax. (laughs) Casey Manning, thank you so much for joining me on Scratch and Sniff. You've been so generous tonight. I just have loved every minute. My childhood heroine. Well, thank you so much. It's been lovely. And thank you for being so generous with me. Oh, that's all right. Well, it's the least I can do. Casey Manning, thank you so much. Thank you. And many thanks to our extraordinary special guest today, Katie Manning. For more from Katie, don't forget to join her Facebook like page, Katie Manning, and also her unstoppable Twitter feed, Manning Official. Her comprehensive range of Doctor Who-related audios and more are available from bigfinish.com. And finally, we have Katie's website, which, unsurprisingly, is katiemanning.com. Until next time, it only remains for me to say... Keep dancing.